Hallelujah. We serve a God that is a good God. Amen? We serve a God that's a good God. Does anybody here ever get tired? It's like, duh. I'm not asking a trick question. But what do you do when you get tired? You sit down. You rest. You pull back. I'm here to tell you when you get tired, God comes and he can refresh and he can restore and he can fuel you up better than anything you can do. And I, I, I've had lots of naps. I enjoy naps. My Sunday afternoon, I'm a napping guy. But there's something powerful that God does. This morning, I want to take a few moments and I want to talk about how good God is, that no matter what condition you and I might be in, he doesn't change. If you're on top of the world, he's there. If you're in the valley, he's there. If you're exhausted, he's there. If you're running at 100%, he's there. He doesn't leave and he doesn't forsake. He is, he was, he is, and he will always be. Amen. Amen. There are some Sunday school for the younger class, so if you would like to be excused, you may be excused now. Hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor Daniel for, for preaching the last number of weeks, and uh, I've, I've listened to a, f- a few of the sermons. I've been here for a couple I was away for a couple. I was driving through Missouri listening to him. And last Sunday, I I was able to catch a few minutes from from when Adrian posted. And and then I got a set of notes from somebody uh, from from what he preached. And um, a couple things that Pastor Daniel shared that I want to emphasize. One of the things that, that God has impressed in his heart is that this will be a summer of restoration. This will be a summer of restoration. And now this is a house. We've been talking about this as a house. We've been talking about this as a house of God. This is God's house. First and foremost, this is God's house. What I find amazing about that is when God takes control of his house, he loves to invite us to come in. He's an inclusive, he says, come. Jesus said, if you're tired and weary, come. If you need peace, he said, come, I'm your peace. And so we might say this is the house of God, but it's also our house. We get to enjoy it as well. And when I say this is God's house, I'm talking about this building, but I'm also talking about me. You and I house God. 
you and I actually house God. We are finite beings, but we hold within us and house within us the infinite God. Now, I like math. And usually with math, you have an A plus B equals C. And there's, there's, there's always this equality. And there are unequal statements in math. But usually you work to solve the problem. And one of the things I cannot solve is how an infinite God lives within a finite being. And one of the things I like about that is he doesn't play by the rules of math. He doesn't play by the rules of math. One plus one, we might say, is two. And he goes, no. He says, when you've got Jesus plus you, you have everything. He says, when you've got Jesus plus you, you have everything. Everything you and I need is found in Jesus. I'll say it again because I thought I might get an amen. Everything you and I need is found in Jesus. You say everything? You're still... (laughs) I am convinced everything that I need to live is found in Jesus. I'm convinced of it. I have found that I am desperate for God. We sang that song, and I kind of chuckle when we sing that song. We sang it this morning like a deer coming to the brook or to the pool, like a thirsty animal. And we use some language that we're not used to using in a church setting. You know, you, you read it and you're saying, is this all right for me to say this? But if you read the Bible, you find out it says, as the deer that pants after the water, so my soul longs after you. I mean, we, we, use, we use some, some um, we're not used to, we're used to being, oh, these and the thous. But sometimes I have found, I have come to God and I've been so desperate that instead of in, in, couching it with these and the dows, I've couched it with just, ugh, I need you. Help. Help. I'm desperate for you. I am exhausted from trying to figure this out. And God says, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I have found that I have been so tired, I've tried to make things or I've tried to figure things out. And, and I like to try to think that I'm a smart person, but what I find is I can't come up with the solution. And I might even toss and turn when I go to bed at night. Now, I know none of you ever have those things, but I'll just share a little bit of what I have found. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, what am I going to do about this? And I'll spend 10 minutes... 20 minutes, sometimes longer, trying to figure out what to do. 
And the whole time, God is saying, David, David, hello, I'm here. Do you know in, in, in James it says, if you lack wisdom, ask him. And what does it say he'll do? He'll give it to you sparingly. He'll give it to you just uh, like, like he really doesn't want to. No, it says he'll give it to you liberally. Like you have so much wisdom, you got it for other stuff too. I only needed wisdom for this, but God gave me wisdom and I had solutions for other things. I've come to him in the middle of the night and I just need peace. And you know what? He gives me peace. And I can't understand it. Because there's a storm raging. There's a storm happening. And I can sleep. Anybody here? I mean, I, I, I find this interesting. In the last couple of years, we, we've experienced things that we've never experienced. We've, we've had COVID, this pandemic, which has been crazy. And now we've had this crazy, and right now we've got this crazy thing called inflation. And if we're not careful, we allow those things to dictate how we live. Now, I'm not saying you, you know, there, there might be some tightening up that you and I, we need to do. We, we have to have wisdom. Don't just keep spending, spending, spending. If you spend more than you bring in, you're in trouble. Plain math. If you bring in $10,000 a month and you spend 12, you're in trouble. So there's some practical things we can do. But there's some things that actually go beyond our control. I can't control everything that happens. I've tried. I've tried. And it like they didn't even answer the phone when I called them. Like I had something for the prime minister. I have something for the premier. I got something for people. They just they don't respond. And if we're not careful, and Pastor Daniel talked about this, about the picture of Mary and Martha, and Jesus was there in the room. In the room. In the flesh. And Mary was at his feet. And Martha got frustrated. And, and she had so many other things. And she came to Jesus and she says, What? Why don't you, you know, tell her to help? And he says, Mary's chosen this thing. You are busy, distracted. And some of those words that came in into that whole conversation, worry, anxiety, stress. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is in the room. Jesus is in the room. And he can do more by a look than I can do and you can do with a hammer, a set of nails, a piece of wood, a spreadsheet, projections, 
a projector, all the, the greatest gadgets. He can do more with his look than you and I could ever manufacture. This summer is a summer of restoration. This summer is a summer of his refreshing. What I've found amazing is as I've taken time to be refreshed, I've spent time with him, but the more time I've spent with him, the more I seem to enjoy those things around me. And he gave me permission to enjoy the sunrise. He gave me permission to enjoy the trees. When all the stress was happening around me, he gave me the permission and he, he, he was with me. Why? Because I believe when we put him first, everything else comes into line. Now to the sermon. I want to I talk about a few things. I want to... I want to speak prophetically, not pathetically, prophetically. Please hear me correctly. I want to speak prophetically. What I want to do is I want to speak God's word over you this morning. It says in Isaiah that his word does not come back to him empty. So when you start speaking his word if you don't speak its word, it never gets out there. If you don't speak his word, it never gets heard. Sometimes I think, don't just think his word, speak it. I think sometimes we need to hear his word. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they protect me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, God's, God's way of doing things is when you're in the middle of something, he says, sit down, let's have a meal. You and I have access to the smartest person in the room. And it's not me. I know you're looking going, oh, is that you, Pastor? No, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. And he will do things that defy description or defy explanation. Why? Because he sees things and he says, all this is happening, come and sit down. It says in the Bible, Elijah, I think, was frustrated and, and angry and, and he had spoken things and... and um, he had said things about the king and the queen, and then the queen says, listen, I'm, I'm coming after you, and you're going to die, and I'm going to get you. And he was upset, and he was complaining to God, and you know what God told him to do? Sit down and have a nap. It's like all this, God can do more when we're sleeping. Not while I'm preaching. Don't sleep while I preach. Uh, no, that's not, that's not good. Pastor Daniel said something like this. What you value 
will increase. If you value something other than God's presence, it will increase and God's presence will decrease. And I am learning to value his presence. Because I have found his presence beats everything. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are treasures forevermore. Is that true? That's what his word says. Pastor Daniel talked about a solution for anxiety. Here's a word that we didn't use 15, 20 years ago called mental health. Mental health is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. God's not afraid of that term. We use it, but basically what we're talking about is our soul. When we talk about the mental health of somebody, we're talking about their mind, their will, and their emotions, and quite often they're combating each other. The Bible is full of solutions, remedies, and care for our soul. I'm so thankful for that. His spirit comes and he comforts our soul. I think in today's world, there's a lot of upheaval in people's minds, people's will, and people's emotions. Doesn't take much to see that. For me, all I have to do is get in my car and drive and get to an intersection, and I can see the anxiety. And it's not me being anxious but everybody's sitting on their car, pushing their foot on the pedal, on the gas, and on the brake, and then you see a car, and it's like itching, itching, itching. I got to get out first. I got. You get on the highway, and if you see red lights in front of you, it's like, look at my mirror. Can I pull to the right? Can I pull to the left? Where's the closest in? exit so I can scoop? I mean, we live in a world of pressure, 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 pressure. And I'm here just to tell you, Jesus is there for you. Not only is he there for you, but sometimes in those pressures, we succumb to the moment. We might say something that's inappropriate. We might think something that's, I know you never do that, but we might think something that's inappropriate, like, Lord, I'd like them to have a flat tire and pull off to the side of the road, like, you know, I, I sometimes say, Lord, if I just had a, a pellet rifle or a, an air, arrow that I could shoot, and when I drive by them, I just go, Phew. I, like, can I just be honest? I enjoy driving. I just don't enjoy the other drivers. And even in those moments, not only is he presence there with you, but he also says, David, I love you.
I just want to tell you this morning, his presence is everything. Why do we worship? Because his presence is everything. And when we worship, he has an ability to come. And he's here all the time. He lives in me. He's on me. He's around me all the time. It's not that I'm saying I'm trying to conjure him. But what happens when we get together and we worship, it's like it amplifies his presence. Pastor Daniel gave a few. I I told Pastor Daniel, Pastor Brenda this morning, I said, I might just preach your sermon again. (laughs) It was, yeah. Especially, especially when I preach it, it's really good. I, I love my brother, and there's no but. I love my brother. You want to bring down your stress? Somebody says, stress? I'm not stressful. I'm not angry. I'm not tied up in knots. Have you ever, you know I, know, I know you're frustrated because every time I talk to you, you go, wah! And Winona would look at me sometimes and, and she'd say something and I would just go, you know, and she'd go, oh, you're stressed. Here's a few things. If you haven't written these down, write them down. Say his name in a good way. Come on, we can laugh. We're not being disrespectful. Say his name. Jesus, help me. Jesus. I, I have talked to people who are newly saved, who literally were harassed by demonic activity in their sleep to the point where one of them woke up and felt like they had somebody's hand on their throat and they could barely breathe they couldn't speak I'm not making this up they couldn't breathe right they couldn't even speak his name out loud but they had sat down with Winona myself and a few others and one of the things we told them was Jesus the name of Jesus is higher than any other name and in that moment they were even unable to speak it out loud and they just started think Jesus Jesus, and you know what? It left. And after that point, they had no incidents like that again. The most important thing to start this off is learn how to say his name. I think sometimes we complicate Christianity. We have 78 steps on how to do this. Say his name. Learn the power of his name. You want to know the power of a name? When I used to work for my dad, I could go do something, and if one of the employees saw me doing something and they'd ask me, I could just say, my dad told me. Ended the conversation. Right? Because he was the boss. What are you doing, David? My dad said to do it. Oh, okay. 
Jesus. When his name is uttered, the hills hear it. The ocean hears it. The trees hear it. It says if we won't praise his name, the rocks will cry out. Creation hears his name. One of the, you want to learn how to take, here's another aspect of how to bring down your stress. Engage purposefully and intentionally with God. Learn how to involve him into your life. Dad, I've got something that's frustrating me. Talk to him. I have learned how to talk to him without the these and the thous. I grew up in church. I grew up in a King James language. O Lord, thou sittest in the heavens and declareth your goodness. God, you sit up there and your word is true and then it just speaks louder than anything else. And learn, and, and, and what's funny is he knows what we're thinking. So try this little exercise. I've tried it and it's changed the way I talk with him. The way I think is the way I've learned to talk to him. Even if it's messy. He's not intimidated by messy words, my frustration, my anger, my hurt, my stress. Intentionally engage God. How do you do that? Early in the morning, say good morning, God. You don't have to do a 25-minute routine. You can do a 25-second routine that changes the projection of your day. And don't just do it for 25 seconds. What you'll find out is you start the discipline of talking with him regularly. Every time you come up to a meeting, stop the car before you turn off the key or as you're turning off the key. Go, Lord, I'm going into an important meeting. Could you be with me? Do you know he would actually direct your words? He can cause you. T- I, I was talking to a pastor this week. And he had a project on his building and he had to repair a small portion of the roof. And he went away for a few days and his wife called him and said, they've ripped the whole roof off and are redoing the whole thing. And he says, no, no, no. They only had to patch it. He came back and he's talking to the guy afterwards. And the guy says, you know what? I don't know what happened. He talked to his boss. Why did you do that? And the boss here, a smart man, goes, I don't know what happened. They literally had a blackout for the duration of that project. And they had a miraculous thing happen. And the, and the guy who ran the company had no explanation why they did the whole roof. All he knew was he did the whole roof. God can do more when we allow him to. Here's another way to bring down the stress. Breathe. 
breathe in. I actually have on my phone a breathing exercise. Do you know what? When I follow that breathing exercise, my heart rate actually gets lower. And it takes one minute. It takes one minute, and I got like seven or eight deep breaths. And you say, well, what, it, it, is that even spiritual? Well, he breathed into us, and we became a living soul. I think there's more to our breath spiritually than we understand. What do we tell our children? Sometimes we tell our children, breathe. Just breathe. Try it right now. Just take a deep breath. Take another one. You're crazy, David. No, I'm not crazy. It's his breath in our lungs. Here's another practical thing you can do to bring down stress. Create an environment or create a place to meet with God. This is a summer of restoration. This is a summer of refreshing. I'm asking God to make this your best summer yet. I mean, we've had a crazy year. We've had a fall, and a, I mean, a spring that didn't want to stop. We, I mean, we didn't get warm weather till July. That doesn't, and we have all these crazy things. I'm here to tell you, God can still take these last days of summer and make them better than any other summer you've had. I thought I'd get a few more amens. Master the art of waiting. I'd like to read a passage from Isaiah. I'm reading it out of a paraphrased translation called the message. It's Isaiah 40, verses 27 to 31, and, and it, it just says it in language that maybe we understand. It, it's more contemporary language, as they would say. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Israel, saying, God has lost track of me? He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you could see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. 
They walk and they don't lag behind. But they that wait upon the Lord. I went for some walks this last week and a half. We were able to go to Montreal and visit a beautiful little resort area. And as I was walking, I'm talking to God. And I felt impressed in my spirit to say, God, what's next? Because I'll be honest with you, I haven't a clue. I, it's been so crazy. My world has been crazy. I've had a lot of fun just trying to figure it out. And I'm saying, okay, God, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to look at what's next. Which is a dangerous thing to ask God, by the way. And, and, and I'm walking, and I, I do this walk every morning, and it's about a 10-minute walk. It takes my kids 15 minutes, but for me it took 10. And, and uh, I, I go for this walk, and I, and I was listening to music. Usually I don't listen to music on my walks, but for this, re, for this time I did. And every time we'd walk by somebody, I'd say, bonjour, because that's all I knew. <laughs> Just try to me, like they think I'm French. And I'm listening to this music. I don't know if I'm yelling it or smiling. Or I don't, I, I, and sometimes they'd look at me and smile, and other times they, they had something in their ear they didn't hear. And this song was playing, and I kept playing it over and over and over. And it was a song by Elevation Music, Maverick City, called They That Wait. It's about a 12-minute duration. And it just wrecked me. Because... I think it's time to do this, do that, do this. And God says, David, I just want you to wait. That doesn't mean you do nothing. What that means is you spend time with me. If you, if you study that word, they that wait upon the Lord, the word means to entangle, to wrap around, and to be with. And it's like, he just wants me to be with him. <laughs> he wants me to be a human being, not a human doing. He just wants to be with me so desperately that he says, David, I will tell you when you wait on me and when you wrap yourself and entangle yourself with me, you know what? I will renew your strength. And I've been tired. I've been exhausted. I've been running around and I'm going, what's that? And, and I'm feeling better and I'm feeling stronger and I think it's time to take another step. And he goes, no, you know, the step I want you to take, David, is to wait on me. Don't get ahead of me. It's counterintuitive to the solution I'm looking for. Because the solution I'm looking for demands labor, exercise, this, that, strategy, movement. And he says, David, come, 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 and just wait. Wait on me. And this morning, 
Yes, it's still morning. I'm here to tell you, if you're stressed out, if you're exhausted, if you're freaking out, if you're feeling good, if you're saying, I'm ready to go, I'm here to tell you that I believe God is saying, I want to be with you. And come. Come. And just wait on me. And we looked in Exodus where Moses said, God, if you take us into the land, but you don't come with us, I ain't going. And I'd rather be in God's presence going five miles an hour than on my own trying to maintain a speed of 30 miles an hour. And you say, well, you're not going to get anything done. No, you don't understand. I'll get more done waiting. I'll get more done resting. I'll get more time being with him. I'll get more done in those moments than exhausting myself, pushing myself. And I'm a driven person. I'm, in, I, 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 I'm all about that. Seek ye first. Martha, you're distracted. This one thing. Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When we spend time with him, we get the ability to savor his benefits. And I'm here to declare and to prophesy and to proclaim that this summer is a summer of restoration, of refreshing, of reestablishing, and of great things. And I'm here to tell you that. And as I speak it, the word is going out like a net. And it's going to land. And I'm here to tell you, keep it simple. Wait on the Lord. Do you know how the Holy Spirit was poured out on the people? They waited on the Lord. They prayed, they fasted, they stayed. Do you know how David killed Goliath? He took something that was completely impractical. He spent time with God. He did something that defied explanation. When God, when we take time to be with God, he can do more in that moment than you can do the rest of your life. And I'm here to declare, and I'm here to speak to you, that he is the one that restores. He is the one that refreshes. If you identify at all, with that,
can I ask you to stand? I want to pray over you. If you say, you know what? I could use a little bit of strength. I could use some refreshing. If, if, if you, you just say, you know what? I, I, I could use more of God in what I'm doing. I encourage you to stand and I want to speak something over you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. This is a summer of restoration. Amen. God bless you. Um, Amen. I've got this holy moment and I've got this announcement at the same time. Lord, help me. Next Sunday, we are meeting at 12 noon at our house, not here. So it's 12 noon at our house. We're having a, a picnic. Bring your own food. We'll have a, a coffee truck. We have a bouncy castle with a slide so kids dress appropriately to get wet. It's going to be a blast. 12 noon at our house. If you don't know where we live, I will give you the address. See me afterwards and I'll be happy to tell you where we live. I won't give you somebody else's address. I'll give you our address. Amen. Look at somebody and say, this is a summer of restoration. And after you said that, you are excused.